Welcome to ILTV's Israel Daily. I'm Lajar Gavelazian coming up in today's newscast. Over 2,500 young doctors and interns hand in their resignation letters over long working hours. Ukraine unveils an interactive memorial after 80 years to commemorate the victims of the Babinyar massacre during the Holocaust. And Google launches a pilot program here in Israel to optimize traffic lights by using artificial intelligence. Just as the fourth wave of the coronavirus is seemingly waning, some 2,500 young doctors and interns have submitted their letters of resignation after the government failed to pass legislation putting an end to 26-hour shifts. This highlights some of the major issues facing the Israeli medical field, mainly the long working hours and dramatic shortage of manpower. Joining us now to discuss the repercussions is Dr. Cyril Cohen of the Department of Immunology and Cancer Research at Barilan University. Welcome. So what can you tell us about this move? I mean, it really is unprecedented. Yeah, definitely. Hello. I, I do believe that it is an historical day uh, in the bad sense of the word. I would say that it's a very sad day. Uh, basically, you know, we know that in Israel, uh, those young doctors have been doing, you know, shifts that are of 26 hours, which is unbearable, especially if you compare that to other countries. And basically, uh, there was some negotiations the past few days, past few weeks, especially in light of what we've been seeing in Israel, you know, the importance of the healthcare system in Israel in this uh, past year and a half. So we were very hopeful when we saw that an agreement was reached. Uh, the problem is that uh, we just discovered that that agreement did not include really uh, those young doctors uh, in, in an active way. I think it was a bit different than what it was concluded at the end of the first negotiations. And the point is that it is not a broad agreement, but only to, uh, it is focused only on the select, selected uh, hospitals, meaning that it represents an agreement only for 10 or some you know, 15% of whole, you know, those young doctors. And also it is very restricted. It will start only in a few months or in a year, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a viable agreement. And therefore I do understand the decisions of those young doctors. We need strong doctors. We need, we need strong medicine in Israel because I mean, it is actually... Absolutely. I mean, my question is, how will this impact the hospitals now? I mean, regardless of COVID, which, you know, we'll get to in a second, there's already a major shortage of doctors. So what's going to happen now in the hospitals? Actually, I think I really hope that this is a, a, a bold move that will be, that will be dealt with uh, uh, quickly and, and swiftly. I, I do hope that, you know, within a few days, some, I would say, kind of, temporary agreement will be found so that, you know, the repercussions on our healthcare system won't be, uh, I would say, felt. The good, the only good thing I could say is that we are seeing less and less, you know, patients in Israel, you know, COVID-related patients. So I do hope that within this lapse uh, of uh, a few days, we'll be able to reach an agreement, at least a temporary agreement, because I do believe that 
those doctors are also responsible, are responsible for life. And this is a, a last result act that was done today. I do hope that the government will be able to accommodate their needs. And let's get back to the coronavirus. We, we've seen the coronavirus cabinet meeting yesterday deciding to cut back on a large number of restrictions. No more green passes for pools or outdoor seating at restaurants. But most significantly also is no more quarantine for school children if they're exposed. I mean, is this the right move with the fourth wave barely behind us? I would say that, you know, as far as, you know, outdoor activities, I do, I, I do support that because I do believe that at this point, uh, we do know that the most important factor in contaminations are indoor gatherings. And we do see a very, a very pronounced effect of the third booster shot or the third dose, a booster shot on preventing, uh, I would say, severe cases, on preventing even I would say infection, so these are good news. Regarding schools, I'm a little bit less, I would say, enthusiastic because we are waiting next week to see the results from a pilot of the green classroom that was enacted in Israel. Problem is that the government want to move fast. I don't know if it's not too fast. I would have liked to wait a little bit more to get those results and to know how to best implement a policy that will help us, you know, on one on the one hand, maintaining a regular school year, but on the other hand, will not expose kids and therefore after the kids, you know, their families to COVID-19. So let's wait and see what the government will decide. But I would urge, I would urge for more caution when it comes, you know, a few more days just so that we know how to best act. And what needs to happen now in Israel to ensure that we don't find ourselves in a fifth wave? Yeah, this is an excellent question. Basically, I think that we need to focus on vaccinations, and we're doing that. You know, 40% of the Israeli population already got, you know, its booster shot. So uh, it's, 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 it's tremendous and it's unprecedented, of course, we are pioneers. But on the other hand, I do believe that we need to enforce, to better enforce, you know, uh, the regulations that are left, like, for example, the Green Pass inside, like, for example, you know, uh, the uh, the issue of gatherings, et cetera, et cetera, because this is critical. Also, we are moving to uh, a new uh, season. You know, we are closing to the winter, and we know that there's going to be flu also, perhaps, that uh, will impact on our healthcare system. So, again, here, you know, we can encourage people to get also a flu vaccine. Uh, so let's hope for the best and let's maintain measures and not do the, you know, our past or not repeat our past errors to, uh, to cancel everything. Let's wait a little bit more so that we can see that the, the, the stabilization of that situation. All right, Dr. Cyril Cohen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you very much. And moving on, a delegation from Bahrain, the first since the opening of the Israeli embassy in the kingdom just last week, is here touring in Israel. The diverse delegation consists of figures in the education, sports, cultural, business, and social arenas. And joining us now with the delegation is ILTV's Asaf Nissan with more details. Asaf, so you are touring with the delegation today. Where are you? Where are they today? Well, currently, now we're, fin we're just finishing here up north in the beautiful village of Rame, right above Carmiel. 
Uh, we're just finishing our lunch. The delegation is here for the past two days. They've been in Jerusalem. They've been seeing the country around. They're still going to be here throughout the weekend. We're pretty much touring different places and different sites, meeting extraordinary people, including one of the doctors that won uh, the Israel Award for Medicine for the past year. Great. And where, where else has the delegation visited? You mentioned that you were touring all around Israel. I understand in Jerusalem as well. Indeed, in Jerusalem, in the Holy City itself, in the Western Wall, and also being the first delegation that actually visited Yad Vashem. So this, of course, being an extraordinary issue, we're talking about a, a delegation built of doctors, education, educationers, people of culture. It's very diverse, very interesting, and they've been taking to the city and taking to the country itself unbelievably. And, and what is the purpose of, of the visit? Well, the purpose itself officially is, of course, to straighten ties and develop cultural and educational connections now that Israel and Bahrain have normalized pretty much a relationship between them. But the more unofficial reason and partially been talked about is Iran, of course. We're talking a big security issue with the fact we're talking about the country that's neighboring to Iran and the, the of course, scare of uh, Israel from Iran, the nervousness and the entire tensions. And we're seeing this as an issue, as this is an option for us to get closer with the neighbors of Iran and thus creating a better, more peaceful resolution and powerful alliance against the Iranian regime. So you mentioned Iran, they're here on business, but they're also getting, getting the sightsee, taking in a little bit of Israel and Israeli culture. I mean, what, uh, what have you heard in their conversations with them? What is their impression of Israel? So far from what we've seen, what we heard from the conversation, that they're very happy to be here. They're very excited. They even thank the Lord that they got the chance to dive in front of the Western Wall, one of the five prayers of Islam. They've been really cooperative and really happy to be here in Israel. And they're seeing the visits in the different places. They're seeing how the diversity in Israel works and how the country itself is open to all religions, no matter where you're from. And have they shared with you any of the highlights or perhaps something that you know, surprised them uh, about Israel, something they were not expecting? Well, from, with me personally, not so far from, but from what I heard, there was a lot of a surprise and interest around the whole issue of the Holocaust. The visit from Yad Vashem, of course, was a big headline to the fact that it's the first delegation, I think the first Bahraini delegation even, to visit Yad Vashem ever since the Abraham Accord. So this is, of course, is a big issue. And for them, I think learning about the Holocaust even more was a big, big thing for them. And can you tell us a little bit about who organized the delegation? Uh, I understand it's an organization called Shaka. What exactly do they do? The organization itself is called Sharaka. Ah. They're, an, they're an organ NGO that has actually involved in ventures between Israel and the UAE, now thanks to the Abraham Accords. They've really been opening up the, the, the Israeli world, the Israeli country to those Arab countries, bringing influencers, people of high uh, politics, bringing uh, journalists, authors, whoever they can, they can find that's really influencing and really interesting the state of Israel. They bring them here in order to open into the Israeli experience and explain better what's going on here, especially the fact that it always in the background is there's Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which of course influenced many of the uh, news and the world and the data they're receiving so far. So of course, this is for them is a big change. Sharaka. And where are they headed now? How much more time do they have on their trip? So from talks I had with the organizers, I know they're going to be the entire weekend in Tel Aviv. 
And I'm not sure until when they're gonna be here. Approximately the estimation is Monday, Tuesday, more or less. They're here for a week. So if they did arrive two days ago, most likely they'll be kind of going back Tuesday. But from what we know so far, they're still gonna to be touring the country the next few days. And the next stop, of course, is Tel Aviv for the weekend. All right, Asaf Nissan, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you so much. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and Israeli President Yitzhak Herzog attended the official commemoration ceremony of the victims of the Babin Yar massacre on Wednesday evening, remembering one of the largest massacres of Jews during the Holocaust. Let's take a look at the report. It has been 80 years since Nazi troops gunned down some 34,000 Jewish men, women, and children at the wooded ravine in Babin Yar, in one of the deadliest single massacres of the Holocaust. Over the two years that followed, nearly 150,000 people, mostly Jewish, would be killed there. Now, this September and October, Ukraine is commemorating the tragic events. On Wednesday evening, the Israeli and Ukrainian presidents gathered for an official ceremony for the unveiling of a new interactive memorial, Crystal Wall of Crying by world-renowned performance artist Marina Abramovic. The wall is meant to be a symbolic extension of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and incorporates crystals from the Ukraine and Brazil in an interactive installation. The 40-meter-long structure now stands in a park built over the site of the Babanyar Ravine. It's, it's a really wall for healing and it's wall to remember and it's wall to public to actually interact all the time it's not something i don't like monuments that you have the huge monument and you stand in the front and you look to the monument it's just like your voyeur here you have to touch you have to interact you have to turn and you have to you know confront yourself with yourself and your own memory so it's a very different way of seeing seeing art and seeing the the monuments at the ceremony both israeli and ukrainian presidents also warned against repeating the mistakes of the past and cautioned against a new surge of anti-Semitism. Uh, 
כדי שלא נשכח איזו שואה יכול לעשות אדם לאדם במעשה, בשתיקה, ועד אנה עלולות להגיע השנאה, הבורות, האנטישמיות והגזענות. Now in other news, traffic. It's a horrible reality and one that will be with us indefinitely. Or will it? World giant Google has decided to try and tackle this problem as part of a wider effort to combat climate change. And it's doing so right here in Israel. Let's take a look. Alphabet Inc.'s Google has said it cut fuel use and traffic delays by 10 to 20 percent, all by using artificial intelligence to optimize signal lights. Inefficient traffic lights are bad for the environment and they're bad for public health. That's because idling cars, they mean wasted fuel and more street level air pollution. So we see a really great opportunity for AI to help create a breakthrough change. So instead of manually measuring and calculating timings, one of our AI research groups has found a way to accurately calculate the traffic conditions and the timing at most intersections in cities around the world. And then they're training a model on that data to optimize those inefficient intersections. As such, the new pilot program was conducted in Israel with promising results. So to date, the team has conducted pilots at four locations in Israel in partnership with the municipalities of Haifa, Beersheba, and the Israel National Roads Company. And so far, we've observed a 10 to 20% reduction in fuel and intersection delay time. So it is early days, but on the back of these really promising results, we are now beginning new pilots in Rio de Janeiro and speaking with other cities around the globe. This early stage research project is just one of the new software initiatives launched by Google as part of the company's efforts to tackle climate change. CEO of Google Alphabet Sundar Pichai wrote a blog post and released a video on Wednesday saying that climate change is no longer a distant threat but is increasingly local and personal. As such, in addition to the AI traffic light pilot, Pichai announced that Google was introducing new features to book flights and purchase appliances that have lower carbon footprints, a Nest program to support clean energy from home, and eco-friendly routing on Google Maps. Today, climate change is the most profound risk we face, one that affects our health, our economies, and our future together on this planet. At Google, we view big risks as a challenge and as an opportunity. Last year, we committed to help 1 billion people make more sustainable choices by 2022 through our core products like Google Maps and Search. In all of these efforts, our goal is to make the sustainable choice an easier choice. Individually, these choices might feel small, but when you multiply them together across our products, they equal big transformations for the planet. Now, many of ILTV's viewers have dreamed of visiting Israel or even moving to the Holy Land. Well, now you can, and you can do so in style. ILTV reporter Candace Tolman visited one of Israel's leading luxury real estate apartments on the beautiful Mediterranean coast. Let's take a look. If you're looking for the finest of Israeli luxury, then look no further than Drigger Real Estate. And today we're showing you their penthouse suites located in their flagship residence against the backdrop of the Mediterranean Sea. 
200-meter apartment offers you a front row seat to the beach. And if that's not enough, you also get your very own indoor pool. Talk about exclusivity. The Briga Penthouse provides all the pampering of a world-class hotel, but with the intimacy and the family atmosphere of a home. What more could one want? Plus, as a resident here, you'll have full access to the tower's facilities, from an Olympic-sized swimming pool and sauna to a beach volleyball court. Briga even offers sunbathing beds and shades on the beach so that you can enjoy the luxe life wherever you so desire. Tell me a bit about Briga Real Estate and its history. Briga established in 1979, almost 40 years. It's a family company. They took and they made a very luxury towers and they know how to build it very good on the beach. You can build some very luxury towers all over, right. but to know how to build it on the beach, you need to be very, very specific in this. So tell me a bit about the thought process behind the design aesthetic of this insane house. We try to find the, the best designer right. who will fit the taste of all kinds of people. In this room, we try to twist a little bit and we took Bentley because we thought to combine a car of Bentley together with this apartment. Tell me a bit what makes this penthouse different to all the other luxury penthouses available on the market. Briga thought what to do on the 33rd floor. Mm -hmm. We took the 33rd floor right. between the 32nd floor and the 30, and we, we put inside soil. I okay? see, so you made like a home in the sky. Home in the sky. So in this difference, we can put the infinity pool, mm -hmm. we can put the trees, we right. can put an elevator, real elevator for six passenger. This made all the difference. Mm -hmm. some of the insane facilities that you guys have but word on the street is that there's a synagogue yeah downstairs we have a synagogue a private synagogue just for our residents and we are using this synagogue all over the holidays during Shabbat all the citizens here become like a small community and it's really unique you can't find I think in all over Israel a private residential tower with a private synagogue Remember, this apartment is already fully furnished to perfection. So if you want that breaker lifestyle, then all you need to do is pack a suitcase and yalla on over to the very best that Israel has to offer. And let's take a look at the weather forecast with Hannah Rifkin. Well, it's officially crumbo season here in Israel, and you know what that means. We are getting closer and closer to winter, but still clear skies and warm temperatures are here to stay for the time being. Lows tonight in the upper teens and lower 20s, and then heading into the weekend, highs expecting to range in the upper 20s and lower 30s on Friday and Saturday. Now back to the studio with Lidar. And now before we go, let's take a look at what's going viral in Israel.
Stop fight! Stop fight! Stop! Stop! No! No! You need listen! Wow. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That's one feisty dog. All right, well, that's it for today's news. Today's exchange rate is 3.23 shekels to the American dollar and 2.57 shekels to the Canadian dollar. And finally, for the latest updates and news from ILTV, please like ILTV on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as to our newsletter at ILTV.tv. I'm the Dark of Be Well, and thank you so much for watching.